everyone, and welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices, plus the knowledge to keep your organization in compliance, HR works. We're hearing a lot about branding these days, what it is, how to develop it, how to defend it. It seems that social media and online communications have made it both easier to develop a brand and easier to threaten it. To talk about employment brands and what companies can do to develop and sustain their brand, we've asked attorney Kate Bischoff to join us. Kate is an enthusiastic attorney, SHRM SCP and SPHR certified human resources professional and the founder of Thrive Law and Consulting who advises organizations in a wide range of industries on employment law and employment decisions from recruitment to terminations, as well as workplace culture, branding, and brand management. Prior to founding Thrive Law and Consulting, Kate worked as a management side attorney at Zell LLP and served as a human resources officer for the United States Department of State at the U.S. Embassy Lusaka, Zambia, and for the U.S. Consulate General, Jerusalem. Kate, welcome to HR Works. Thank you so much, Steve. I'm super excited to be here. All right, so maybe you could um, start us off with an example of the kind of thing that can really threaten a brand. Well, usually what we see things happen to brands is that they do something that they thought was really well-intentioned but turned out on the grander scheme of things to be remarkably idiotic. Um, and I don't mean to call these brands stupid by any means, but once they actually launch things and they've heard from a broader audience, they learn that things went bad. For example, in the 1970s and 80s when Chevy launched their new Chevy Nova, well, Nova in Spanish means no go, and so that's definitely a bad name for a car. <laughs> um, the, the Indian car maker Tata recently wanted to launch a new car, and so they wanted to call it Zika, spelled Z-I-C-A. Well, with the outbreak of Zika, nobody wants to buy a car that could cause microencephaly in their babies. So <laughs> there's these things that on the broader scheme were not very well done, but certainly well-intentioned from the get-go. Okay, thanks. Well, I think it's clear to everyone that the company's name and its brand are valuable assets that require diligent protection, but is that really HR's role? Well, as an HR professional, I'm going to say I am very important in everything that goes on in the company, particularly when it comes to branding, because an employment brand, not just the brand that creates people coming to me to apply, but the overall brand means that individuals are excited about our company. Um, in 2013, Google received over 2.5 million resumes. They didn't have to do any employer branding. They got plenty of, of brand recognition and individuals interested in what they were doing just because of who they are. When a company is starting or is trying to rebrand itself, having a good presence that sends a positive message that shows expertise and those kinds of things can really draw candidates to their pool. So when we're talking about a brand overall, HR certainly has a stake in the brand being a good one. 
Well, what would you say to an executive who says that managing the brand is a marketing deal or a sales job? Oh, it certainly does belong to sales and marketing, but even, uh, one single employee can cause damage to a brand, and because an employee's conduct is involved, HR needs to be involved. For example, Noodles and Company recently had an employee refuse to serve some police officers, and that received a lot of press um, in Inc. and other you know, wide media, and that hurts their brand, particularly for individuals who want to support uh, police officers. So while the brand messaging may belong to marketing, HR needs to be involved because when something goes wrong, HR certainly is going to get there eventually. Okay, thanks. So um, what steps might an organization take if they want to work on establishing an enviable brand? Well, I think it's the normal steps we take in any kind of marketing or recruitment initiative. We need to know what we want as a company. So, for example, if we want customers to buy cars, we need to figure out where they are, who they are, what they want, and what they need. And then we overlap that with what our product is. What do we have? What do we provide? And where is that sweet spot where there's overlap between all of those? So whether we're talking about a brand in the brand grandest scheme or we're talking about recruiting for a particular position or recruiting for a particular demographic, we need to figure out what do people want and what can we do for them? How do we make those two things connect? And those are really the basic steps in creating a good brand. Okay, thanks. Now, uh, you've talked about brand sustainability. What do you mean by that? Ooh, brand sustainability is the constant effort and the consistent effort to make sure that the brand works and gets what we need it to do. So when we talk about branding, we talk about it as not a one-time thing. You can't launch a branding initiative and say, okay, we're done, and we can just sit back and rest on our laurels and hopefully get all the attention that we wanted to from this initiative. Instead, companies need to be very mindful that this is an ongoing process. And especially with the advent of social media, we can do this on a regular basis at a relatively low cost. I'm never going to say that social media is a free thing because it still takes a lot of time. But when we talk about sustainability, we can talk about what is our initiative, what, are the, what is the message we're trying to send, and then how can we reinforce that on a regular basis so that our audience doesn't lose touch with us. How can we engage that audience to continue to be interested in what we have to say going forward? So a company like Zappos, with their employment brand, they've created a community of individuals who really want to work for Zappos. And they do regular communications and regular interactions with that audience to make sure that these people still stay interested in what's going on at Zappos and they still want to work for the company at eventual point when a position becomes open. So what um, steps would a company go through if they want to create a brand sustainability plan? Well, the first is once you have your established brand, what you want to do, whether it's a video that you've created for recruitment showing why you're a great place to work there or showing off your benefits, or if it is something else entirely, Max meets the big, broader scheme. 
you want to find within your company people that we like to call brand ambassadors, for lack of a better term. These are employees who are excited to work for you. These are managers who really like what they're doing and like who they work with, who can help build on the brand by using their own connections, their own social media platforms to talk about why it's great to work there or why it's important that they get to do really cool stuff. When you have that kind of interaction and you're building directly from your employees, you get those employees get really excited because they get to talk about why they like to work there and they're being asked to do it. But it also shows some authenticity if it's done well. So if I have a really bad day at work, it's totally okay that I said, oh, a tough day at work one day, but the next day I say, ooh, look at all the cool things I'm doing. So as long as the message comes across authentically from your brand ambassadors internally, from those employees and managers, I think you get to have the sustainability over time and you get people to build on that and reach more people with what your services and offerings are. All right, great, thank you. Now, um, what other parts of the organization would HR be working with to be most effective at uh, ensuring the sustainability? Well, they have to have good friends in marketing. And I say that because marketing traditionally owns the logo, owns the color scheme, owns the, you know, necessarily the company blog. And so making friends with, mar with marketing can create some consistency over the different channels that you're trying to reach. If you have a careers page that has its own blog, it should look very similar to what the company's blog looks like. You want some consistency over the brand. So you're not using red and blue here, and you're using orange and gray here. There should be some consistent over the all. And then marketing just has a lot more training and communications. They know how to use social media. They know how to target audiences. And they can be a good resource for HR when they want to figure out where should we be sending this message, where should we be spending our marketing budget or our recruitment budget to find the people that we need. Marketing is a great resource, and HR and marketing should be very close friends, just like HR needs to be buddies with everybody in the organization. Okay, thanks. Now, I want to talk um, specifically about the employment brand, basically the reputation that the organization has as an employer. And uh, I guess, by the way, every company does have an employment brand, uh, whether they think they do or not. So right. um, can you give us some tips for protecting the employment brand? Well, first you kind of have to figure out what it is. Um, you need to spend some time doing some research, going out on websites, spending some time on Glassdoor or other reviewing websites, and find out what do people think about working for you. You can have employee focus groups, you can do surveys, and use maybe your engagement surveys to figure out why do people like to work for you and what are the drawbacks of working for you. Um, sometimes you can see in organizations where employees really like the fast-paced, the you know decisions are made quickly, whereas other employees may have a different idea, um, and other organizations have a different dynamic. You know, SpaceX recently was criticized for the idea that their employees are overworked. Well, they may be working long hours, but they get to work on some really cool stuff. So that kind of branding issue may be targeted for different employees and different markets. So if you spend some time researching what you already are known for, 
then you can either amplify that or you can try to diffuse the negativity that may come up when you do that kind of research. So that would be step one. You've got to know what's out there and what do you want to amplify, what do you want to try to diffuse, if there is anything. And then tailor that message to the groups and people that you're trying to reach. And for an employment brand, you know, often we see now, particularly, we want to bring more diversity into our workforces. So where do we find diverse candidates? Where do, we, where do they like to hang out? You know, if you are a tech company and you're trying to reach more women, well, have you thought about using Pinterest, which has a very high percentage of female users? So have you thought about using a channel like that? The, the traditional HR recruiting goals of finding where the people are and sending that message. Once you've got the message and you've figured out the channel, how are you going to do it? How often determining the frequency of when you send the message is really important. You don't, if you're going to use LinkedIn, you don't send LinkedIn messages every two hours. That's more like spamming. If you want to use um, Twitter, well, maybe every two hours isn't necessarily a bad thing. So being very mindful of how of your message, who your target audience is, and then the frequency of which you want to reach out to them are basically the keys to creating the, that good employment brand that hopefully will yield good results for you. That's very helpful. Now, you've mentioned uh, protecting the employment brand both internally and externally. Can you give us some examples of that? Sure. The employment brand internally is the traditional HR retention issue. How do we keep people here? How do we keep them excited? How do we keep them wanting to come to work every day? So that, I look at employment branding as both the retention and the recruiting aspect. The internal is making sure the employees are happy, that you're getting them what they need, and that you are sharing that message with them, that you know we are a great place to work. Here's some examples of why we're a great place to work. And that may include things like employee profiles. Um, that show off a really great employee who's doing really cool work. And then externally, it's trying to reach that external audience, your potential candidate pool. And you can use the same messaging for both internally and externally, but you get to get this front-facing towards the people you're trying to bring into the organization and rear-facing. You're trying to keep people excited about what's going on in your organization. You know, if Steve, if BLR went to you and said, we want to do a profile on you on our Facebook page and Twitter, and we want to start using you on our website landing page, you might be a little tickled by that, right? I'm ready. <laughs> so that really built in this internal, like, yay, I, they're recognizing me. So it can be used as a recognition tool as well for that internal piece. And then if people like you and they're excited about your story, that's a really good way for BLR to bring more people into the organization. Oh, I like this. <laughs> now, um, let's say you do go up and visit the websites like Glassdoor and, um, and you find out there are a lot of really negative statements up there. What, what can you do about it? Well, here in Minnesota, what we would say first is oofta. We would be like, oh, man, what, okay, we have to deal with these things. And you have to deal with them. You, there are a variety of ways of dealing with negative comments. One way is to deal with them directly and show a hard-earned, honest assessment of we need to do better. And we can. We can do better. And so addressing those negative comments to the ones that are not 
just blatantly defamatory. But you can go out to the ones and say, you know, I'm sorry your experience of working or working for our organization wasn't great, or I'm sorry that your application process wasn't great. Can you tell us more details? Can you contact me? Here's my email. Those kinds of things, showing that genuine interest, that speaks volumes for people. And so addressing those negative comments as we go is a really good way to both to overcome that negativity. The other is asking employees to counteract some of that stuff. If you've got an employee who, you know, bleeds your company colors, ask them, you know, would you be willing to help us out? We've gotten a lot of negative feedback and we'd really like to see, you know, some positive stuff. And I want you to, if, if you could, share with why you like working here on these sites because we want more people like you to come work for us. And so you can respond either directly to the, ne the negativity. Um, usually some of the best ways that the negativity is addressed is directly with a, a chief executive officer or some upper level HR people, but showing that, that leadership really cares about that negativity is important. And then ask, asking people who you want to be your brand ambassador to go share what their positive experiences were. Those are some keys to dealing with that negativity. Oh, I think that, that sounds very helpful. Now, I'm uh, thinking that HR's role in protecting the employment brand is uh, more critical than protecting the overall company grant brand. Would you agree? Absolutely. HR has a big role to play in making sure that the employment brand stays a good one that can bring more employees into an organization and keep the ones that we have. Thank you. So um, to wrap this up, do you have an example or two of, uh, of some brand disasters? Oh, yes, I do. I, I love reading about brand disasters and how companies <laughs> can overcome them, but I've got a, a couple examples of some that are, are challenging, to say the least. Um, you hear a lot from the tech industry today that they want to bring more women and more minorities into the tech industry. So late last year, IBM launched a program that they called Hashtag Hack a Hairdryer. They included a video that was a great, you know, very well-produced video. It includes the Rube Goldberg machine with, a, with ping pong balls going through all these different places, and it started off with a hairdryer. And the message was is that women should really get into the STEM industry. And when some high-profile women in STEM saw the video, they were less than enthralled. Um, there was a lot of backlash on Twitter saying, you know, I don't even use a hairdryer, and man, if I don't use a hairdryer, maybe I should just get out of my astrophysics PhD. And this kind of conde condescension that some individuals thought IBM was saying that, oh, well, women only like their hair dryers. Now, as a woman, I love my hair dryer, but that is not going to be a recruitment tool to get me into do enter an industry. <laughs> so that's one. Another is there is a law firm um, that received a ton of negative comments on Glassdoor, including things like, you will hate working here, Working here is psychological torture. They're deceptive, unethical, poorly managed, with no sense of direction. Um, and my favorite, for the love of God, do not work here. So <laughs> those comments were posted anonymously, um, presumably by people who worked there. And the response that the law firm had was to sue Glassdoor to find out who these individuals were and to sue Glassdoor for defamation because they believed that it wasn't true. 
Um, so that's not necessarily the best way to handle a situation like this is to go into litigation. I mean, I'm an employment attorney. I love litigation as much as the next guy. It pays my mortgage. But it may not be the best step for any organization to go, well, I'm just going to sue them about it. So there, these are some examples of how companies are, and organizations are going to need to overcome some particularly not-so-great messaging. Um, IBM certainly is spending a lot of time getting, building a funnel for women and minorities to get into the STEM industry, and the hashtag hack a hairdryer certainly was a misstep in that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks. So uh, I want to just uh, let our listeners know that um, Kate is going to be addressing this critical topic in more depth at the upcoming Advanced Employment Issues Symposium in Las Vegas on November 10th. Her talk is entitled, HR's Role in Building, Promoting, and Protecting Reputational Assets. Her session will include best practices for training and strategies for dealing with adverse employment events. So, Kate, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and providing all these helpful tips. Thank you so much, Steve. Anytime. All right, listeners, please let me know what HR work should cover next. Bruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works. The opinions expressed on HR Works do not represent legal or any other type of professional advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice from a qualified attorney licensed in your state.